Evergrande, a Chinese property developer, is about to walk the plank. In this series, Intel Brief, we discuss current market updates to make you a better investor, businessman, businesswoman. Welcome to the Red to Black podcast with your host, Warner and Mario. Mario, what are your thoughts on Evergrande? They've got $300 billion in debt and they're starting to miss payments. Uh Uh-oh, folks, it's going to get ugly. They make about 110 in top line revenue. So 110 billion in top top line, roughly 110 billion. They have 300 billion in debt and they can't make that debt payment. They're going to they're going to eventually tomahawk into the abyss. Uh, why? Why is this? Well, they've loaded up on debt during the good times and now during the pandemic, they're starting to realize a shock. There's supply shocks in their business, people aren't buying, they're not as optimistic. There's a business cycle that's occurring. Uh, this is also indi- an indicator that we're not seeing credit expansion. What we're seeing is deflationary credit disinflation. It's disinf- it's, it's deflating. Credit is collapsing. So that $300 billion is bond- bondholders, banks and bondholders that they owe $300 billion to. Those people aren't getting paid back on those. Th- Trust me, the assets that they own are not going to make, make everybody whole. There's credit disinflation, not inflation credit disinflation right now in China with this company. Just to give you perspective, Warner, on how big this company is, it's as if Wells Fargo is starting to go bankrupt. The bank is going bankrupt. It's Wells Fargo does about 110, 100, 100 billion a year. It's about the size of Wells Fargo, one of the biggest banks in the world, not in the United States, in the entire world. Wells Fargo is one of the business, big business banks. This is a kind of a conglomerate of a property and it's got a bunch of different businesses in it, but it's roughly the same size as Wells Fargo. What are your thoughts, Warner? Here's the challenge with a lot of these companies that were blowing up in like say the pre-sickness era there was a lot of like euphoria and how do i know this well after this company sort of declared that it couldn't service its debt a lot of chinese who had given it money to build like future i don't know houses or apartments whatever it was they're rioting here's the lesson learned here don't ever give anyone your money unless you're actually managing that money example I'm going to build a house, right? I'm going to manage, which I've done before in construction projects. I'm going to manage that money to fruition. Even if you give it to a GC, general contractor, and this is at such a small level, but the small level is where everything starts. You can extrapolate out to 300 billion. Start with how do you manage your money at 100,000 and you can extrapolate that out to 300 billion, 1 trillion. What you're dealing with is people just gave their money and like I was saying, like it's to a general contractor, that guy has, these individuals have walked off with so many people's, so much money and they haven't completed jobs, created headaches. Now the people can't move forward with their projects and they can go on and on. My, my point is these Chinese individuals gave their money to this company and now they're finding out that this company is not going to be able to f- fulfill on that money because it can't even service its debt. You have an issue. Lesson learned, do not give your money to someone else unless they're giving you a product in return or you're managing that money. That's my opinion because this is the situation you're in. Whether it's a $300 billion company or a million dollar company, same thing. The challenge with the $300 billion company is when this thing walks the plank and goes sideways, how many suppliers, construction companies were like, that's their number one revenue producer? How many um, plumbing companies, electrical companies, how many hedge funds, how many insurance companies, how many, uh, what, uh, what pension, pension funds. 
that's why people are really scared right now because there's people over here. That market, just to give an example, is tanking. Uh, I forget. I can't even say the name. I mean, I speak Chinese, but it's like Ping Ha. I may have gotten that wrong, which is one of the largest, the largest insurer in in Asia. Took like a five percent hit because of this, because they have some exposure. Or secondary exposure to this company, it's just the ramifications of this thing walking the plank. Like imagine Home Depot, which is like 110 billion, or Fannie Mae, 120 billion, just walks the plank. How many like like other businesses are attached to it? That's what we're gonna see. Your thoughts, Mario? There's a multiplier. What you're what you're, you're accurate. It's not the it's not the one company, Fannie Mae or Wells Fargo or Home Depot, that that walks the plank. It's everything else off those businesses and all the business off those businesses and all the business off those businesses. It's this huge waterfall effect. When one thing that big collapses, hundreds and hundreds of businesses collapse. Thousands of businesses collapse off that one massive business. Fannie Mae goes down. Wells Fargo goes down. Thousands of businesses go down. And there's people with lines of credit. Well, I had a line. I had a good line of credit at Wells Fargo. I was, I was able to make payroll. I was able to keep my business alone because I could pull this line of credit. Boom. It's gone. Their business collapsed. I did not, no fault of things were fine. I had this line of credit I used at Wells Fargo. They they collapsed. I couldn't make payroll. The whole thing, the whole thing, tomahawked. Uh, to go back to what you said about money and about why people are taking massive haircuts, and, and just I'll tie this into boat building in North Carolina. I've talked to a lot of the major boat builders in North Carolina. I've talked to a lot of the the businessmen who buy those boats or build those boats. It's like building a house. You don't give them the whole budget and say, build me the boat. What you're doing is you're saying, okay, let's get you started. You need a little bit of money to get the, the supplies going and get the, get the boat started. Okay, here's 5% of the total cost. Here's 10% of the total cost up front. And then here's the scope of work and the timeline of when it's going to be done. Each week, here's what I'm going to pay you every Friday. I'm going to come here and look at my boat and I'm going to pay you every Friday to build my boat. I'm not giving you a pile of cash and saying, I'll see you in six months or three. Some of these boats take three years to build in North Carolina. Custom sport fishing, uh, uh, Ricky Scarborough, uh, uh, Bayless, the big boats, the big North Carolina uh, fishing boats take three years to build. Those businessmen don't just shove a huge pile of cash and say, see you in three years. No, no, no. There's a scope of work and there's a time where each, each thing on that, on that list is going to be completed by and then they're going to pay. And there might be a little bit to get the guy going, to get us to whet his appetite and saying, I'm, I'm the real deal. I want to build this boat. I know the folks that run Onslow Boat Works out of um, Surf City, uh, Pender County area of North Carolina. They make some of the best center console fishing boats in the entire world. And I've talked to the owners and I've talked to people that build boats there and they have a very detailed scope of work and they pay, they pay every Friday. What are your thoughts on that, Warner? Yeah, so typically when I was doing construction projects, and this is, we're making a key, Mario's making a key differentiator here before I go into a construction project. What he's basically saying, and was what I was touching on before, is if you're going to do a project that's due in, say, a year or two, you want what's called a progress payment. If you're going to give your money to a company like Oracle, which has already got a finished product, a proven track record that they pay dividends and they increase those di dividends over a certain amount of time, then you can give your money to that company because it's a finished product and they're paying you to be a part of that product. But if you have an unfinished product, what Mario's talking about to bring integrity to the situation, you have what I typically do is three progress payments. And I'm dealing with smaller jobs. So bigger contractors will deal multiple progress payments to, 
depend on when foundation's done, framing's done, electrical, HVAC, plumbing, all that stuff on a massive job, say like the Los Angeles airport or a huge commercial building, it'll be different uh, payment progress schedule depending on it's, it's unique. The point is that each step you're, you're figuring out like, okay, did you accomplish this? And on those big jobs, because I know people in LA who work on those jobs, rarely, rarely do they come in on scope and budget on time on those jobs. There's all these arguments. It's one of the big things about the big jobs. These contractors like, well, I didn't get paid enough or I need more or you overbid it or you underbid it. It's just a nightmare. The point is on a smaller job like a boat, what are your progress payments? On a smaller construction, what are your progress payments? These Chinese individuals, lesson learned that went into this, they just gave their money to the company and said, hey, give it back. That's that's not, they're going to learn their lesson. That's not a great decision. When euphoria reigns, always keep your accounting investment principles on point. If I'm going to do a project and I'm going to do it out of pocket and it's going to be a, a deadline in the future, I trust the individual, I have a scope of work, I have a timeline, and I have progress payments. If you're not willing to do that, don't give your mind to anyone else. And there's multiple other things involved in that. That's what I have to say. That's, that's the whole point behind this whole Evergrande thing. Research that company before you get into it. And nine times out of 10, individuals that did that would not be caught in this situation. And then what we'll talk about in another podcast is how do you deal with the ramifications of companies tied to Evergrande? That's a whole hornet's nest that could probably take multiple podcasts on unravel. Okay. Thank you guys for watching. We appreciate your time. Please subscribe, like, and comment so we can get this message out to the world. And as always, we look forward to connecting with you in the future.